Well, you will have known if you've been here for the last few weeks, uh, you will have known that I've been sharing quite a lot about Numbers chapter 6. And I, I want to uh, stay on that a little bit longer today because, I, you know, there is so much revelation that the Lord wants to release to us through this amazing uh, ancient priestly blessing. And uh, as you, as I've shared before, I was I privileged to do an endorsement for uh, Warren Marcus's book that's coming out in a, a little while um, on the ancient priestly blessing. And he's he's gone through as a as a Jew going through looking at all the different um, Hebrew meanings of the words and what what it's all about. Uh, and it's been giving me so much joy, so much revelation in it. I do encourage you to get it when it comes out. But um, the, the, it, it began with uh, thinking about a discovery that was made in 1979 of these silver scrolls. that w- They were found uh, remarkably hidden in a cave. And it, it is older, 400 years older, in fact, than the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I'll just read to you what it says here. Um, they were, they were found on an archaeological site southwest of the old city of Jerusalem, adjacent uh, to St. Andrew's Church on the grounds, da-da-da, um, on the way on the road to Bethlehem. And the site consists of a series of uh, rock haven burial chambers based on natural caverns. In 1979, two s- tiny silver scrolls inscribed with portions of the well-known prophylactic priestly blessing from the book of Numbers and apparently once used as amulets, were found in one of the burial chambers. The delicate process of unrolling the scrolls while developing a method that would prevent them from disintegrating took three years. They contain what may be the oldest surviving texts from the Hebrew Bible, dating from around the late 7th to early 6th century BCE, and are now preserved at the Israel Museum. So these these little scrolls, there you can see it there, these little tiny little silver scrolls and what is on it the oldest surviving piece of scripture that we have is a revelation of the father's heart toward us i love that this that god does this because he wants to reveal to us the truth of who he is the father says uh, told us in uh, numbers chapter 6 that we were he instructed the priests This is how I want you to bless the people. It's a prayer from God himself that he wants spoken over his people. And it is, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Hallelujah. Such a powerful and beautiful, beautiful uh, blessing, and we can go, oh, isn't that nice? Or we can recognize that this is very, very valuable. If God Himself said, "I want this spoken over my people," we need to take the time to recognize that that there is something of great value in this. And as I as I uh, was reading um, Warren's book and looking further into the text, I got so overwhelmed at the revelation of God's love. The Lord, he wants the priests to put then his name on them. 
showing that they belong to him, that you are mine, you are named by my name. And he begins, the Lord bless you. And I shared uh, just the other week that the word bless in, in the Hebrew actually means to kneel down and to give something of value. And the concept of God kneeling before us is hard to process. Yet we see it again in the New, New Testament when Jesus girded himself and knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. But you could also picture it as God, wonderful God, kneeling down to come and pick us up, to come down to our level. He made himself as a man and he came down to meet us so that we could be reconciled to him. But the father himself, he doesn't sit up there going, Oh, well, I hope they, I hope they do all right. I, you know, I'll watch and see from this distance. He is not a distant God. Our Father, the Spirit of the Father is here with us, and He wants to come and kneel down before us and embrace us. And He wants to give us things of value. He wants to bless us. And we looked last week at some of the biblical blessings, which is outrageous. Because if we're going to, by faith, receive from the Father the blessings he wants to give, we should know what those blessings are. I keep quoting F.F. Bosworth, faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith if you don't know what the will of God is. And when you understand the will of God with regard to blessing, it's amazing. And you look through it. I mean, every time I'm reading scripture now, I'm seeing the will of God to bless me. And I'm recognizing, wow, I was reading Psalm 18 the other day and just getting overwhelmed. I can see it all through scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You, you, you see and recognize the will of God to bless you, how, what he wants to do for us. And by faith, we need to receive it and access it. It's like a banqueting table that's laid before us, but we still have to get up and we have to take it and we have to eat it. We have to receive it. Jesus was slain for the sins of the whole world, but we have to receive his gift of salvation, his gift of righteousness. In the same way, by faith, we have to reach out and receive the blessings that he wants to give us and not be shy about it. Begin to recognize you delight to do this. So Father, by faith, I'm going to identify what I'm going to receive and I'm going to take that by faith and say, yes, thank you, Daddy. Amen? Hallelujah. You can talk a little bit more because it's exciting. This is, a, this is woof, rich, wonderful, glorious stuff. Hallelujah. But I wanted to look a little bit more at this today. The Lord bless you and keep you. And we know that that word keep too means to surround you and protect you with like a thorny hedge. God just wants to mm, protect you and keep you, look after you. It's, it's such a glorious revelation. As he bends down to bless us, he also comes to embrace us and say, I am surrounding you with my favor as with a shield. Hallelujah. That he wants to come around us and say, I am for you. Who can be against you? Hallelujah. He wants to be our keeper, our wonderful one. The righteous run into him and they're safe. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. Hallelujah. We can run into him and by faith. Mm, thank you, God. I'm running into you and you keep me. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
Well, we looked at that word um, face and it's pornim in the, in the Hebrew, which, can be tra- which has a rich, uh, rich um, revelation of meaning. And one of the things that face is, means in the Hebrew is favor. He makes his favor shine on us. He delights to give us his favor. That means he's for you. When you approach him, he's not there going, mm, I'm really not okay with you being here. When you approach him having received his robes of righteousness in exchange for your sin, as you've repented and received the mercy of God by faith, he looks at you and he, he makes his favor shine toward you. And by faith, you need to be expecting the favor of the Lord. You know, what you believe and expect is what you will see manifest. I shared a little story last night um, from one of our Glory City pastors in Aiken, South Carolina. She, Mandy Woodhouse, did a little blog, which I thought was wonderful. And she was telling a story about... um, these dogs that live across the road and they're quite vicious dogs and the owner doesn't really restrain them and lock them up properly. And she was watching out of her kitchen window and she saw a man walking on the footpath and the dogs began to growl and bare their teeth and she was watching, hoping that nothing bad would happen. But the man just didn't even give, him, give them the, his attention. He just kept his eyes straight ahead, didn't show any fear, didn't, didn't even acknowledge their growling and just kept walking. And they kept on growling, but nothing happened. But then a while later, a lady came walking past and the dogs started growling again and barking. And she got afraid and picked up a stone and threw it at the dogs to try and keep them away and yelling at them, get away from me, get away from me. And they came and attacked her and she had to call 911 and it was just, it was not a good thing. But that picture is, is, I believe, something that we need to be aware of when it comes to spiritual warfare. The Bible says here, he makes his face shine on us. His favor surrounds us as with a shield. And as we focus on him and we keep our eyes set on him, uh, we are kept safe. We are surrounded by his favor. He keeps us safe. And we as believers, I, I believe, need to make sure we fix our face and our eyes like flint on things above, things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. Fix our eyes on him. And as we focus on him, everything else can't have access. You see, what you focus on is what begins to manifest. And so it's, it's really important when you hear the the dog's growling, when you hear temptation and you feel temptation coming or you feel uh, intimidation or fear or uh, you know, bad reports coming, not to give them your focus and begin to panic about it, but to focus on him, the one who makes his face shine on you. Because as we do that, in his light, we see light and his light dispels darkness. I think about the, the story of the eagle. And those who wait upon the Lord shall mount up on wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Hallelujah. They'll have their youth renewed. But one of the facts about the eagle is that when an eagle starts being harassed, it has this special oil that comes over its eyes and it can turn and fly directly into the sun. 
And this oil allows it to be able to still see as it flies directly into the sun. But as it's flying into the sun, all the harassing birds, they can't follow because the sun blinds them. And they can no longer see the eagle. They're just like, I can't see, I can't see. And so the eagle just keeps flying toward the sun until all the harassment stops. And, you know, in the same way, we've got to be careful not to get devil focused, not to get temptation focused or worry or fear or harassment focused. But we need to focus on the sun the son of the living God, the one who makes his face shine like the sun upon us. Hallelujah. And as we focus on him, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. We can run into him. We can look at him. And as we take time to let his face shine on us. In that place as we are beholding him face to face. Talking to him. Bringing all of our cares and worries and casting them on him. And looking in his face. He comes and he brings peace. The word, you know, that phrase, he makes his face shine on us, is also, you know, a revelation of the light of God in that the, he, he brings us his light. In his light, we see light. As we look at his face, we recognize too that the, the word means light, that he's making his face shine on us with his glorious light. And when light was given, when, when the Lord said, let there be, uh, let there be light, when he created the world, light came and it separated uh, out the, the chaos. And light came and it brought order to chaos. And in the same way, as the Father comes and he makes his face shine on us, as we come into his light, as we begin to look at his smiling face shining upon us, in his glorious light, that light brings order out of chaos. When you're feeling chaotic on the inside and going, oh, man, all this going on, he goes, yeah, just give it to me. Yeah, talk to me. I'll have it. I'll take it. Now let me release peace to you. Let me bring order out of your chaos. And it's so true. Anybody who loves the Lord, who's taken some time just to look into his face, knows there is a supernatural strength where suddenly, I just, I love the worship set tonight. It that was so prophetic in the way that they chose all of the songs. It was so, so prophetic. But he brings light to our darkness. As the darkness start, starts to try to intimidate us and make us afraid, what we need to do is go and check in with God and deliberately, by faith, start accessing his shining face toward us. Because his light the entrance of the, his word gives light and understanding to the simple. His face, his light begins to cause uh, order to come out of the, uh, to, to replace the chaos. His light dispels the darkness. 
So instead of us trying to focus on the darkness and shovel it out and deal with it and work out how to deal with it, instead we come directly to him. We begin to, to fix our thoughts on his face. And as we worship him, everything else can't stay. Hallelujah. As we focus on him, his light comes and it just causes the darkness to leave. Amen. Our wonderful father, he delights to make his face shine on us. And I, I love this. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in that. I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this. Oh my goodness. I have to deal with this. I've got this going on. I feel this attack. I've had this dream. This is happening. I saw this demon. I was like, this is happening to my life. This is going on. Anybody ever got caught up in the drama of all of that? Yeah. yeah. You, me, Isaac, you, Deb, I'll just talk to you guys that I, I do. I can be a drama queen. I can. I can. I was a drama teacher. I can be a drama queen where it's like, drama! I had a dream. I saw the demons. I saw this. I had this. Oh, God. Clear. Call the intercessors. Please pray. I saw these demons that are coming after me. <laughs> and I do. I appreciate the intercessors very much. But I can tell you this. I've also got to remind myself when those things start happening, that I don't need to start reacting and panicking about the growling dogs and picking up the stones and going, what are we going to do about the dogs? But instead, go, right, okay, I recognize they're there. I'm not going to pretend I'm not in a war, but I'm not going to give them my attention. I'm not going to give them my focus. I'm going to look at the one that I love. One thing is needful. Psalm 27, this shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on his beauty. Nothing annoys the enemy more than when he has organized something that he thinks is really going to rattle your cage and you just go, oh, isn't he lovely? God is so wonderful. The enemy's like, notice me. I'm here, Rah, growling at you. Oh, God, you're so lovely. Oh, I worship you. And the enemy's like, ah, let's get out of here. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? He makes his face shine on us. And he causes us to come into a place of joy. He just does. It's just what he does. As you, as you look at someone, look, look at Abby's beautiful smile. She's so beautiful. Someone, I, I walk down the street and I smile at people and complete random strangers smile back. And then I think they, they think to themselves, why am I smiling? <laughs> but it's infectious. It's contagious. And God comes and he smiles at you because he knows it's going to elicit a response. When you recognize his happy face, you know, Jesus is happy. He is completely unafraid of anything. He's so secure. He's not wringing his hands and going, this is really serious. What are we going to do? He doesn't. Give Father saying, it's all right. Just keep your eyes on me. There's that strength and that, that security that comes when we focus on the Father, when we spend time letting him love on us. You see, I've got to get alone with God every day. I've got to do it. I've got my little space in my bedroom that I like and it's on the carpet. I don't get on the bed, otherwise I might fall asleep. But I get on the carpet in a, in a sunny spot because I like it warm. And 
And I, I begin to worship him. I put worship on and I focus on his face. And I allow him to come and just set things straight in my heart. I spend time deliberately every single day in the light of his word. Every day. It's a discipline that we must build into our lives. Sometimes prophetic people can think, well, it's all about encounter. But if you're not encountering him in the written word every day, you're in danger of getting off track. You need to be encountering him in the light of his word, deliberately opening the book, looking at it, feeding on the word, and then also getting before him and face to face, having a worship encounter with him, the one who makes his face shine on you, the one who brings order out of chaos. Hallelujah. Nobody wants to be with a chaotic Catherine. I, I can tell you. And, and Tom is very wise. Even when we're traveling and we're in the same hotel room, you know, 24-7, he goes and he leaves me every day for a couple of hours. Everyone. She need him. Those who wait shall renew their strength. Loot joy is what the scripture says. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get past this line. He makes his face shine on you. I tell you what, you don't want to miss it. It's so lovely. And remember, we talked about um, his, his face and the shining also meaning portals in the Hebrew. Meaning that it's an invitation as you look into his eyes. It's a, it's a portal into his heart. Hallelujah. That as we begin to spend time face to face with him, we get revelation beyond what we could ever ask, hope, or imagine. Moses spent time talking with the Lord and he got all the revelation to write the scriptures. Time in his presence face to face with him brings revelation. It's a portal into the spirit of wisdom and revelation, into his heart, into communion with God, feasting with him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, he says. And, I'll, and, and if you'll open to me, I'll come in and dine with you. And as you and he, face to face with your eyes and his eyes connecting, you begin to have this continual feast. You begin to have a feast that just lights up. You're all the, the supernatural enlightenment in, of your, the eyes of your understanding begins to cause you to recognize and see glorious revelation. And it's a wonderful, wonderful invitation. He makes his face shine on us and is gracious to us. Which means when you think that he wants to smack you, instead he's there going, I love you. You go, God, really, you should be rebuking me. And he knows already that you've recognized that was wrong and you've, you've, you've repented and said you're sorry. He's not there to whack you. And in fact, it says in Zephaniah chapter 3, if you want to have a look there. I love this verse. Who likes Zephaniah 3? It's so lovely. Let's start at verse 15. Now remember, you are a co-heir with Christ. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. That means everything relating to Christ, everything relating to Israel, the promises of God, the blessings of God are now ours. Hallelujah. As we've been grafted in, verse 15, the Lord has taken away your judgments. 
He has cast out your enemy, the King of Israel. The Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. Anybody want that? It's a blessing that God wants to give you. You can take it by faith and say, thank you, Papa. This is your truth. This is the blessing you want to give me. Hallelujah. In that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Hallelujah. This is who God is toward us. He's gracious to us. He doesn't, he doesn't come to judge us. He came to save us. Hallelujah. He is a good, good God. And then he says, the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine on you. We, we see the picture of God kneeling before us to bless us, then to encompass us with his arms as he keeps us. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. And then he, then he lifts up your face and says, look at me. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And he'll smile at you until you can't handle it anymore and you smile back. And he brings beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. He's our glory and the lifter of our head. As he lifts up our head, ah, he smiles at us. And we're like, oh, God, my heart condemns me. He goes, I'm greater than your heart. Oh, God, I'm weak, I'm dark. And he says, you're so lovely. And we finally go, oh, thank you, Daddy, I love you. And we start to come into agreement with him. We start to agree with what he says about us. Because until we agree about what he says about us, we cannot walk in holy confidence. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive. God doesn't want you to be a, a child that doesn't believe what he says about you. Who wants an insecure child? Every parent wants their child to feel secure, or they should. And God is looking at us to help us understand that we can feel secure in him. He's not, he doesn't want us playing false humility games. He wants us to be people who believe what he says about us. Because when we agree with how God feels about us, then we can love ourselves as he loves us. And then we have the capacity to love other people. If you don't do that, then you're going to love them with the same level you love yourself. And if you're judgmental and critical of yourself, it's going to be un unhappy for other people he kneels down he, he surrounds us he keeps us he lifts up our face and looks at us in his in our face and until he until we come into a place of absolute joy and then it says he lifts up his countenance upon us now i want to look at this word lift he lifts us up you know he continually wants to lift us up and it's such a beautiful picture we talked about the picture of of the of a father coming and lifting up their child hallelujah and pulling them above the head and saying my son my son that's the picture hallelujah of god lifting up his countenance upon us most high god wants us to do greater works than jesus did he stoops down to make us great it's overwhelming. Hallelujah. As, and it causes us to humble ourselves. And you know what happens when you do that? He lifts you up. 
Oh, God, you're wonderful again. Yes. You're lovely. I love you. Uh, let me tell you about the good works I've laid up in advance. What do you reckon about doing this? Hallelujah. It's a place of freedom where we're not insecure or worried or anxious or thinking, am I, go am I doing okay? He wants to bring us to the place by making his face shine on us that when he comes to lift us up, we're no longer thinking, I'm insecure, I'm not okay, there's something wrong with me. We believe what he says about us. So as he lifts us up, we begin to go, yes, God, we can take the nations because you and I together can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. A holy confidence, a holy boldness comes. This is why we must, by faith, take time to let him make his face shine on us. Because then he wants to stoop down and lift us up. But he wants to carry us as well. He, he as a father would bend down to pick up their, their child. I just love watching Jesse and Sarah reaching down and, and, and picking up their little, little one and holding. Hallelujah. It's so, so beautiful to watch. But, you know, the Father wants to bend down and pick us up. Hallelujah. And he wants to carry us. And, you know, when your father starts to carry their child, they walk around. God wants to take you places. He wants to carry you places. And he, want, he, he does it. He's the one who makes a way for you. Hallelujah. As you wait upon him and you let him pick you up and by faith you say, Thank you, Father. You stooped down to make me great. He says, Yeah, let's go. Come and let me show you some things. Hallelujah. And when you see a child being picked up in their father's arms, they, it, it, they suddenly feel safe. Everything's okay. I'm with daddy. And God wants us to know whether we're old or young. In fact, scripture talks about how he carries the old as well. But he wants us to have that security of knowing we're in the arms of God. And he wants to carry us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are seated with him in heavenly places. God wants to remind us. That we're not just poor little people on the earth battling it out, hoping God will hear us. But he wants our relationship to be so real and so rich that every day by faith we're accessing what he wants to give us. Every day by faith we're letting him lift up our face and, and make his face shine on us. Every day we're coming into agreement with how he feels about us. In his face we see ourselves, we see light because we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're reminded of what we look like so we can become doers of the word. Hallelujah. When we look in his face his identity is reaffirmed in our lives. The reality of who we are in him is affirmed and then that holy confidence puts us in a position where as he lifts us up we we come into agreement and we're ready to be taken places we're ready to be carried and as he carries us and and, and we are in this place of security we also have a new perspective we can see from a different position hallelujah and God wants us to be able to see clearly he wants us to be able to see with, with eyes that, that recognize that we're not looking like mere humans. But remembering we are aliens on this earth. Hallelujah. That we aren't mere humans anymore. If you've been born again, if you're a new creation in Christ, the scripture tells us that we are aliens. This might be showing my age, but when I was a child, we used to watch a, a, a sitcom 
called Mork and Mindy. Nanu, Nanu. And at the end of the show, Mork could go and he was an alien and uh, he, who had been sent to Earth to find some things out. And at the end of every show, Mork could go and check in with his alien people and, and sum up the show, basically, talking, you know, debriefing for the day and giving his report about how his experience on Earth was that day. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's a good thing or whatever, but, you know, that picture in later, in later life reminded me, hey, I'm not a normal human. I have a heavenly father who is not of this world that I, I get to check in with every day and give a report about how this life on earth is going. I have the opportunity to go alone with God. Now, it's great to have friends. I've got a wonderful spouse. I've got fabulous friends. But nobody is able to do what God can do when I get into that secret place with him. And he comes, brings order out of chaos, where he comes and he gives me wisdom from above. Hallelujah. <sighs> and he reminds me I'm seated in heavenly places that, hey, I'm not just a little human on the earth. I am already right now seated in heavenly places. He reminds me of the authority that I have. Now, a child up in their father's arms is much higher than they would be toddling about on the ground. And, and you get, a, you get this, this sense of, I can see so much more from this place. God wants us to live like that, that we, we don't view circumstances as one who is down in amongst the fray, but as one who is seated in heavenly places, who's already with the one who's overcome and watching and seeing, how, we, how would you like to do this, God? You've already won the game. You've already won the battle. So tell us, what do we do now? How, what's, what's the next step to, to, to win the battle that you've already won? Hallelujah. He wants to give us glorious wisdom from above. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I, I was hoping I would get further than that, but I didn't. Hallelujah. But my hope is that the Father would inspire you to start looking at his invitations with a heart that responds and says, Yes, God, I'm going to go get this. That you would take time to say, Father, yes, I want to receive from you. I want to, I want to cognitively be aware of what you want to do, what you want to give me, how you want to bless me. And I want to start accessing that by faith. I want to come before your throne and I want to let you put your arms around me and keep me. I want you to be my glory and the lifter of my head. And by faith, I'm going to allow you to speak to me, to minister to me. I'm going to know that when I come to you, you're not angry with me. You're not judgmental about me. You're rejoicing over me with singing. And I'm going to let your voice, your shining eyes, give me wisdom from above, supernatural revelation. Bring me up in the spirit into, into a fresh revelation that I'm seated in heavenly places with you. You know, I use all of this imagery and I activate my sanctified imagination. When I come to God, I don't go in worship, oh, I hope I see something. I never have that attitude. I go with an absolute expectation to see. I look in faith, knowing that I'm going to see because God delights to reveal himself to me. And I also picture it. I, as I go in and, and um, 
get alone with God and, and shut the door, I imagine God right there with me, kneeling and wanting to bless me as I'm looking at this number six. And, and that picture helps me by faith. It's not a vain imagination. It's based on the word of God. You say, this is what you do. So I picture you doing that. And by faith, I'm receiving that. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. When I come to worship him, I'm not thinking I'm worshiping somebody I can't see and don't know. I'm worshiping the one who has invited me out, who, with whom I am seated in heavenly places. And in fact, the, the imagery is so beautiful. He's in our midst. We're in him and he's in us. We are one. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. We are seated with him in heavenly places. We're not stuck on a chair somewhere over there. We are right in him in the most favored place. Hallelujah. When you know what you have, you can start to give out of that place. You no longer look at yourself as a pauper that needs everybody else to give you. You become the extravagant, generous one because you know, hey, I've already been given all things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, it's good stuff. He wants to refresh you every single day. He wants to give you a fresh perspective. And he wants you to not be distracted by the growling of the enemy around you. He doesn't want us to be unaware, but he doesn't want us to be focused on it. Hallelujah. He wants us to be very deliberate in, a, in taking hold of what he's given us. If you've been feeling under attack, you know, you need to start accessing by faith God who keeps me. God who lifts me up. You know, if, if there was something going on, parents pick their children up. And you can know that if something's going on, it's the will of God to pick you up, to hold you, protect you. And you, you, all of these promises are yes and amen, but they're waiting for you to access them. They're waiting for you to, to use them. Just like anything, we've got to know what's available. We've got to make use of it in order to be able to enjoy the blessing of it. Don't say, well, I don't understand why God's not doing this for me or why God's not doing that. You need to say, this is your will and thank you, Father. I'm here and by faith I'm taking hold of it. I'm receiving it. Thank you, Daddy. You've put it on the table. Your word says so. Thank you very much. What's it going to look like as I receive that now? Thank you by faith. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. You are so kind and you are so faithful. Daddy, I thank you that your delight is to bring order out of chaos. Your delight, Lord, is to bring peace and joy to our hearts. Lord, you want to make us aware of your great love for us. And Father, I ask by your Holy Spirit that you would shed your love abroad in our hearts. Lord, that you would light it up, that we are loved, that we are cherished by you. God, we come to give you thanks. We come to give you worship in Jesus' name. Amen. As um, the ushers get ready just to begin to hand out communion, I want to just ask you today, if, if you're here and you know in your heart you haven't become a new creation, God invites us into relationship with him. He invites us into fellowship with him. He invites us to receive from him mercy and grace as we exchange our sin for his righteousness. 
as we humble ourselves and acknowledge, I need forgiveness, I need mercy. And we come to him in faith, believing that he has paid uh, the ultimate price to take away our sin and our shame. And by faith, we allow a divine exchange to happen as we say, thank you, Father. I bring you my sin and I receive in exchange your forgiveness, your mercy, your power to be different. The Bible talks about it as being born again. We give him our life. We surrender all that we are, all that we've done. And he comes and he gives us his new life. He'll come and he'll live on the inside of us. He'll be God in the midst of you, the mighty one who will save you. But it all requires us to respond in faith and say, yes, Lord, I want to humble myself and receive that. Your father longs to pick you up and to love you. He longs to have a relationship with you, but he waits for you to say, yes, Lord, I want to exchange my dirty clothes, my, my dirty rags for your clean garments. I want to exchange my old life to receive your mercy, and I want to become a new creation. I need you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, I want to pray for you before we go any further. Is there anyone here? that says, yes, that's me. I want, to, I want to respond to the mercy of God today. Just let me see your hand. If you're here today and you say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ, just give me a little wave if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. If we could hand out communion. Is that, we got communion? Yes. You've got it? Yes. Has it been handed out? No, not yet. Is it coming? Hallelujah. That would be fantastic. What we're going to do is we're going to invite our communion group leaders uh, just to lead. This is the way we take communion here is we like to, to get in small groups and to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to bear one another's burdens, to strengthen one another and to, to take communion together. You know, we have the, the, the wine and the bread and it's a picture of Christ and his blood poured out for us. He said, do this. As often as you eat in remembrance of me, he wants us to remember what he's done because what he's done is better than we could ever have understood. He wants to give us fresh revelation of what has happened to us in salvation every time we eat. And as we eat together, he wants to come with his spirit of wisdom and revelation and reveal himself as savior, as deliverer, as redeemer. I love that those... Um, you know, amulets where it's in, been inscribed in silver. And silver talks about redemption. As we are eating, we are reminded and remembering redemption. We've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been rescued. Hallelujah. I'm no longer defined by who I was or what I've done. I'm no longer defined by my personality. I'm defined by Christ. Hallelujah. I've become a new creation in him. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus.